Thank you for being with us this morning. For those of you online, welcome. Uh, we uh, are glad to start off uh, the new year together and uh, pray that it will be a, a blessed and joyous year as we uh, look into 2021. It's it's uh, hard, hard to uh, imagine being here and 2021, it seems like um, that we, uh, uh, that I thought the Lord would return before now. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but here we are, and uh, we're greatly blessed by the Lord God, and, and it's just wonderful to sing about how great our God is this morning, together with you, uh, and we're praying for a blessed and happy new year as we come into 2021. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father in heaven, we bless your name and we praise you and give thanks to you uh, for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures from generation to generation. Lord, we need to be reminded and to... Uh, exhort ourselves in the reminder of who you are, your uh, God who sits on the throne in heaven and the earth is your footstool and your God over all flesh and you are a great and awesome and mighty God and all things are under your control. Your The fact that you are almighty has never changed in all of the, the tumult that has happened in our country and in the world and in history, uh, past and present, you have never been removed from your throne. You've never been removed uh, from being uh, the great God that we should praise and give thanks to. And so we do that this morning as we uh, look back last week at, at the year that has passed, 2020, uh, with all the things that unfolded there. Uh, and we see, Lord, your sovereign and providential uh, care and work and protection over us as your people uh, through those days. And we look forward this morning to 2021. And, Lord, uh, we look forward with a reminder uh, that you still rule from your throne in heaven and that our Lord Jesus Christ is seated at your right hand ever to mediate for our sins and to uh, be there uh, to intercede for us as your people. And Lord, we acknowledge that we need our Lord Jesus' intercession and the forgiveness of our sins that we may walk before you in the light of truth uh, and in the power and the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. For it's his blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary that has obtained our redemption and brought us into that relationship with you that you should call us your children and that we might know you in such a way. So we pray this morning that you would make yourself known to us through your scripture and through the word and that we may uh, be lavished in your grace this morning in our Lord Jesus Christ as we begin our new year. 
And we pray and lift these things to you in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Um, again, uh, very thankful for your faithfulness this past year through uh, 2020. And uh, it was, uh, I can think back to last January, and we had no idea that uh, the year was going to be what the year was at that time. And we were uh, looking ahead to uh, to uh, probably a, a pretty regular type year at the time. I think there's quite a bit of difference this January that we're looking out on the 2021 with a lot of uncertainties. And uh, so uh, always in the first Sunday of the year, we have a vision for the for the new year. We want to consider what our vision for 2021, and I have to tell you that uh, with leadership, as we talked about it, I think we talked about it in November and then again in December, well, what is our vision for this year? And we all just kind of dropped our jaws and what, what kind of uh, uh, vision do you have? Of course, we, we uh, put the calendar together and, and, uh, and done... Uh, the normal things that you do because there's planning that goes uh, into the year and as leadership it's our responsibilities to do those things <coughs> but we uh, we really had uh, some struggle in, in looking out the vision for 2021 uh, because of the uncertainties there and and not knowing but one thing uh, that we that we do know is that our strong foundation is the Word of God. And so we want to um, understand the God's Word. We want to understand it in regard to and have uh, a vision for, um, for marching through 2021 in light of the truth that He has revealed to us from His Word and to have... Uh, that understanding. So um, I did something this morning uh, that is, um, I'm basically going back to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, where we uh, will look again at uh, the prophetic things that we know are to unfold. <clears throat> and I think that we can, can see and say that there's, uh, there are signs of uh, a nearness of some of these things uh, that are unfolding. And of course, we've had those for some time. It's not different from uh, 2020 or the years before that we've uh, looked at. There's uh, certain uh, things that have uh, been unfolding for quite some time that would remind us of the, the truths that we looked at from Second Thessalonians in the years past. Uh, when we studied this book and we did a verse-by-verse -verse exposition of it. But what I wanted to do this morning, basically, is give a little summary of it and call us uh, to the reminder that's given in those first verses of chapter 2. Um, and the scripture reads, and I'm going to, to look at these and basically give a summary and then come back to this uh, first thought in regard to the Apostle Paul instructing the believers there to not be shaken from your composure or be disturbed or troubled 
so the scripture reads, Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure uh, that or be disturbed either by spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So <coughs> what the Apostle Paul addresses here is uh, some concern for the believers in his day uh, that uh, some were teaching that the day of the Lord had come. And the day of the Lord, as you'll remember, is what we as defined uh, in our understanding of it is the tribulation period or Daniel's 70 weeks. And the day of the Lord is a period of time in human history when there's a global uh, rebellion that is, is networked and organized under a, a man and under a man's rule that is indwelt by Satan himself, by the Antichrist. And it seems to come at a time when there is uh, a global communication and a global association uh, amongst the nations. And you'll remember as we are, some of our studies uh, in these years, uh, we have made the point that, that um, in Noah's day that God separated the nations. And we looked at this, the passage in Acts where the borders are established by God uh, and that was... Uh, so that he wouldn't have to judge the entire world again until you know, the scripture talks about the last days, that um, that there will be a, again a, a global judgment. And so we've seen, and uh, in our election and the things that have happened recently, uh, this uh, association of international uh, governments, um, a um, basically a political perspective of globalism, um, an association of planets together with a network of communication, a network of, of uh, a financial network, a political network, uh, a religious network uh, in globalism. And so the day of the Lord uh, is going to be pretty much the pinnacle of uh, these things and the unfolding of those things. Um, so, but he says uh, that we're not to be uh, quickly shaken from our composure. The idea there is that your mind or your reason, your understanding or your judgment of these things that we're, we're not to be shaken. And what was true in the, in the um, first century that, that Paul addressed there would be true for us today, that we're not to be shaken. Uh, because God is a great and mighty God. He reigns on his throne. And we know that in the unfolding of prophetic things that that God never relinquishes his sovereignty. He, he, uh, um, he does according to his will in the host of heaven and amongst the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can say or question what he's doing. He always is in charge. Uh, so we're to have that understanding of who God is and what the, the world that we're looking at um, uh, has in relationship 
to him. And he says, uh, don't be shaken from your composure uh, or be disturbed. And that means troubled or frightened or alarmed. And certainly some of the things that have happened today with coronavirus and, and the, um, the political things that are happening in our country and this move toward uh, globalism and this association with uh, internationalism and uh, even the, <coughs> the um, um, budget that was, the, the, the deals that took place uh, these last number of days uh, with all of the pork where we're uh, basically um, uh, giving uh, financial support to nations. Uh, it always cracks me up that we, that we borrow from China and, and we pay them uh, foreign aid at the same time. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get that, that type of thing, uh, you know, understand that type of thing in my mind. But uh, all of these things are going on, but the scripture tells us that we're not to be afraid, we're not to be disturbed. So uh, let's look then at the, the coming apostasy. First of all, uh, then uh, there's the, the lawlessness of the Antichrist. So the scripture says to the effect that the, the day of the Lord has come, uh, and, and the scripture reads in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless there's two things that happen here. Uh, first of all, the, uh, the apostasy comes first, and then the man of lawlessness is revealed. So uh, when the day of the Lord takes place, when Daniel's 70 the week takes place, uh, there are these two things that are uh, that are given as visibles that that this is unfolding, <clears throat> and the first is that there's an apostasy or a falling away uh, from the truth uh, of the the church, um, and then there's the the man of lawlessness being revealed as the son of destruction, uh, and then uh, it's important he claims to be God. So this man of lawlessness that we name the, the Antichrist because he opposes God uh, and he uh, claims to be God. Uh, so the scripture reads in verses 4 and 5, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or ob object of worship so that he takes his seat um, <coughs> in the temple of God displaying himself as being God do you not remember while I was still with you that I was telling you these things? So uh, here we, we find that, that this individual uh, claims uh, deity to humanity as a human. And you know, I know that we've in the past have given you things from the humanist manifestos that were written in, in uh, the 1930s, uh, the first humanist manifesto, and in the second one in the, in the 70s, um, but it reads, but we can discover no divine purpose or providence for human species. While there is much that we do not know, humans are responsible for what we are or will become. No deity will save us. We must save ourselves. So we see this uh, turning away uh, from God. And, of course, uh, many things that have happened in our country have been 
part of that, uh, removing God from schools, removing his word from the schools, um, and that dependence upon mankind to, uh, to be uh, in charge, to be in the place of deity. Uh, so the spirit of the Antichrist uh, and those things have been uh, throughout the 2,000 years since the crucifixion. Uh, that spirit is, has been at work in the world, and, and things are always moving that direction, you know, slowly after 2,000 years, but still moving that direction. And uh, so he displays himself as God. And then uh, in the, the next verses, we find that, and this is my understanding of the passage, that the Holy Spirit is taken out, of, and the word there is out of the midst or out of the middle. <laughs> and I, I believe that the passage is referring to the Holy Spirit, and uh, but the passage reads, and you know what restrains uh, him now, so that in his time he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Uh, and here we find this, um, that the, um, the Holy Spirit is, uh, if, if you look at these um, pronouns that I have uh, underlined there, and you know what restrains him now, uh, this is a, a, a neuter pronoun, uh, and we find the same language that's used in, in John chapter 14, where Jesus says, I'm going to send you another comforter, um, and it speaks of the spirit that comes, and it, and it speaks in a neuter sense of the spirit at that point, and uh, the comforter and, uh, and other pronouns uh, address the spirit of God as he, as masculine. And we find this same type of uh, thing here in this passage. Uh, so what restrains the Antichrist and what restrains the global uh, worldwide um, uh, apostasy that, that comes and takes place that this man can come to the throne and present himself as God? And, of course, uh, the philosophy of the, uh, the secular humanism and, and many of the philosophies of the day, if we, if we go down the line, we see that uh, the uh, secular humanists have pronounced their, their uh, view of, of who man is. He's the top of the evolutionary chain, uh, and they have a materialistic worldview, but we also... Uh, have seen many in the New Age movement that have a metaphysical view of, of the deity of, of their uh, mankind. Uh, but also it's interesting that uh, within the, the uh, so-called evangelical church that there has been um, uh, much kind of um, uh, theology and basically the promotion that, that we in Christ, uh, in Christ become gods, that, that we uh, are, are, can be like Christ and do the same things that Christ did. And there's this, this move into, um, within the Christian church, uh, the idea that, uh, that we become uh, deity, that we become God. 
There's a lot of difference between the things that, that we teach that, that the Holy Spirit uh, indwells our lives uh, and that we become partakers of that divine nature through spiritual rebirth. And that does not mean that we become God in the sense that Jesus and God the Father are God. <clears throat> but it's, it's, uh, it's an area that is, is taught, unfortunately, in some of the churches. And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he will be revealed, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, and only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way or out of the midst. So my perspective and understanding on this passage is that the, that the Holy Spirit that came at Pentecost uh, there will be a removal, uh, and and then at, at that point in time, you will see the um, uh, the apostasy that is, is spoken of. Um, as a, a, there certainly would be a, a hall of the church. Uh, I think in Revelation it speaks of of Babylon the harlot. Uh, it's an idolatrous church and and one that's given over into apostasy. So we already see these things, the rejection of the deity of Christ, um, the rejection of the authority of Scripture, the rejection of, of accountability to God because of evolution instead of the world spoken into existence by an almighty God. Um, and we could just go down the, the list of, of areas of, um, of uh, apostasy. Uh, a couple of quotes here. Jesus didn't really believe in or endorse hell as we understand it. He just used it as truth, as a truth-depicting model. Jesus used hell to threaten those who excluded sinners and other undesirables, showing that God's righteousness was compassionate and merciful, that God's kingdom welcomed the undeserving, that for God there was no out-group. In other words, coexist. Um, and further, there are saved Hindus, Muslims, and Buddhists, so hell is a moot point. And that's from Brian McLaren, uh, who um, is, uh, has done a lot of uh, youth work and is, is known in the Christian churches. Uh, it bothers me to, to use exclusive and Jesus in the same sentence. Everything Jesus says about life and message seem to be about inclusion, not exclusion. Uh, another from Brian McLaren. Um, Robert Mueller, under the secretary, the undersecretary of UN, we must move as quickly as possible to a one-world government, a one-world religion, under a one-world leader. Okay, so there's thinking people that, that have these views and that, that move in this way. He also said peace will be impossible without the taming of fundamentalism through a united religion that professes faithfulness only to the global spirituality and to the health of this planet. And he's, uh, one other quote from Robert Mueller. Uh, my great personal dream is to get a tremendous alliance between all the major religions and the UN. Um, so the point here is that this spirit of lawlessness is very much at work, and there is this apostasy that is working, um, uh, that is already at work in the world. And I, I think that the apostasy, the great apostasy, will be 
uh, that attempt. But but the thing that I, I, I want you to understand is is that the animosity that you may already be feeling and any persecution in the Christian church is directed at the Lord Jesus Christ. It's directed to our Lord. Um, so um, then, uh, is it then that the Antichrist, or it is then that the Antichrist is revealed? Okay? So um, the scripture reads, Then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. Now, the, the point that I want to make here is that when the Antichrist comes to power is that the deception of wickedness uh, is directed toward those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. So we're speaking about unbelievers there. And whereas the believers and the church, we may suffer uh, some serious persecutions in the, in the future days, but um, the judgment that God brings is for those that did not love the truth uh, so as to be saved. So whereas uh, as a Christian church, you know, we should know and expect because Jesus told they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So we get to associate with Jesus in that way. Paul calls it the fellowship of suffering in Christ Jesus. Uh, so we shouldn't um, uh, uh, see it as uh, shame or God's disfavor with us, but we should see it as that great opportunity that God has given to us as his children to glorify him and to represent him in times. And it's in dark times that, that God uh, uh, shines his light through his people in the most powerful ways. So let me get back now to, um, to what the instruction that he gives because um, it's important in this passage that that we see that the Apostle Paul uh, does not want the, the church, the, uh, the people there at Thessalonica, to be shaken. He does not want them to be quickly shaken. And, and the idea of being shaken is that there's a motion caused by, uh, by winds or storms uh, or, or by uh, violent waves, uh, Shaken is, is, in a sense, it's used in that way. Um, and, and that's what can happen uh, to the church and was evidently happening with the Thessalonians. It could happen to us today if we're not uh, careful to, uh, to, to hear what the Apostle Paul is teaching um, to, to the church there. Don't be quickly shaken. Okay, so why is it that, that God over and over in Scripture tells us to fear not? And how many times uh, do we, we see that phrase, be not ashamed or afraid? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's, um, I don't think that God is, is asking us not to pretend that fear and that, that concern, certain, certain things are not there and not real. 
What he does call us to, I believe, is courage. Uh, that, uh, and that courage comes from knowing, as we were singing about this morning, that God is in control. He's in charge. He's never out of control. And God is actually doing what we pray for. We, we pray, God, this world is a mess. Please fix things because you're the only one that can do it. We've, we've seen governments rise, governments fall, uh, all kinds of activity on mankind's part. We've never been able to get it together. It's never been right. Uh, so who's going to make it right but our Lord Jesus Christ? And so our courage is in knowing God. Our courage comes from, in, in not being quickly shaken, is, is that realization that, uh, that, um, that we're to be still and know that he is God. We're to be still and know uh, that regardless of what happens in 2021, that we're not to be shaken. Our courage is in who God is and in what he's doing. And what we know is that God is working things perfectly because he still reigns, he's still sovereign, and the things that happen in human history, whether good and bad, and it's been many times in human history that, that things have, have gone bad or things have gone really, really good. Uh, and in both cases, uh, we need to see and know that God is on his throne and that he is doing things that we will not understand, that only he as almighty God understands. And so until we come to the realization that God's will is unfolding even in the bad things. Um, and I think of like Jesus speaking to Pilate. Pilate said, do you not know that I have authority to take your life? And Jesus said, you have no authority at all unless the Father gives it to you. So the bad times uh, may seem really bad, but God's plan as it unfolds and as he does what he's doing is marvelous. It's just he's able to take the very worst of things that happen and turn them into the very greatest of things that happen, right? Is this not true? So we as God's people are not shaken because we know that, that God, we know his character. Uh, you see, we can't trust him and we can't grow in faith and we can't have that kind of courage and that kind of poise that, for instance, the Apostle Paul had under, under great and strange circumstances and persecution and hardship and threats to his life and all kinds of dangers. Uh, having that poise is what God's people need. That's what Paul is, is, is praying and, and teaching uh, the people at Thessalonica. Do not be shaken because I'm God. I know what I'm doing. And all things are working together for good for the greater glory of God. God is on his throne. And he is not only mercifully dealing with our nation and with the world, but he is justly dealing with it in his time frame. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And that's the thing that we can, can gain courage from and gain strength from, knowing that that it's in his timing and according to his will and according to the things that he has purposed, the things that are unfolding in 
our country, the uncertainties of things, it does not mean, ever mean, that God has ceased to be almighty, that he has any way ceased to be uh, in control, and that his providence is working through human events, even the pilots of the world, even the globalists of our day, uh, even those that are moving toward uh, prophetically what we know at some point in time will take place. So uh, do not be quickly shaken from your composure. The idea, again, of your composure is, is that uh, the mind comprising uh, alike the facilities of perceiving and understanding and of those of feeling or judging. Uh, so... Uh, and it uses the word noose, uh, which is the mind. Do not be uh, shaken from your mind. Um, I, I used to, uh, I remember um, my mom used to say, uh, why, you've lost your mind. And, uh, and sometimes we lose our mind, our perception, our, our, uh, the, the, the grip of reality. Um, and keeping our mind as believers means that that we're, our faith is established upon who God is. Uh, and our faith is established upon his faithfulness and his character there. So do not be shaken from your composure and do not be disturbed. Uh, we're not to be disturbed. Um, and the idea of being disturbed is that um, and the, the Greek writings it, it meant to cry aloud. Uh, it's like uh, um, to make a noise by an outcry, or to be troubled in mind, or to be frightened or alarmed. <coughs> the word <coughs> means to frighten, and it was uh, it was always fun as a kid uh, to to scare some other kid and get them to scream like a girl. You know that was they, they cried aloud. Out of uh, fear, and, and and Paul is saying, don't be, uh, don't be crying out out of fear uh, in these times, and uh, so uh, this is is characteristic and should be characteristic of our lives as believers. Um, and then we see the idea that, uh, and and want to look at a number of things that were taught in in Scripture. Uh, the Scripture tells us that we're to watch and pray. <clears throat> and I think of, of the Lord Jesus uh, at the time of his crucifixion with his disciples. He said, watch and pray. Uh, and uh, we find a, a number of passages where this uh, commandment is given, watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And there's a, a place where we work out our own salvation in fear and trembling, for it is God who works in us both to will or to give us the desire and the power to do what he's called us to do. And one of the things that we want to be aware of as, as uh, God's children is that he's called us for just this day and this time. Whatever's coming about in 2021 is, is something that has been ordained by God, but not only ordained by God, but in his ordination of these events, he has called you to be here during this time to re represent him as, uh, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And how we live in light of the truth of his word uh, and, 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 uh, and how we work out our own salvation. Lord, let my heart trust you. Um, and uh, that, that whole process is something that in eternity past God equipped you for. You may not feel it. Uh, and you, 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 you. Hopefully, you know that it's not in yourself. It's not in the flesh, right? As we've talked about this over and over, uh, that it's not in the power of our flesh to do the will of God, and to, and to represent Him as an ambassador for Jesus Christ and a minister of reconciliation and all that He's called us to. But the Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ is able to do. He's equipped you both with the gifts that he's given to you, with, with all that he's given to you, you're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which he before the world ordained for you to walk in them. He equipped you exactly for this day and time and for exactly what's going to happen in 2021. And therefore, we don't have to be frightened. We don't have to be shaken from our composure or terrified or disturbed because God has taken care of it. He's done what needs to be done. And whereas you, hopefully, you feel, and see, here's the thing about the Christian life, that you have come to feel and know, I can't do it. Because uh, that's the very first step to, to learning that in that death to self, the life of Christ, the power of God is made manifested in us and through us. Uh, so part of walking by faith and trusting in God is watching and praying, uh, putting aside the, the works of the flesh, the power of the flesh, the glory of the flesh that we might give to ourselves, and to recognize that it is God who holds me fast. It is God... Um, uh, he is the eternal God that we take refuge in, and underneath are the arms, uh, are the everlasting arms. He has enfolded you in the arms of his loving kindness, and the scripture tells us that he's get granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has equipped you for the day in which you live, <clears throat> and it's to his glory and to God's power. <clears throat> And it is a display of the Almighty God. And, and this is your calling. This is what God has called us to. And it's what we watch and pray for. And we work out our own salvation in fear and trembling, not by the strength or the energy of the flesh, but in humility, trusting in the power of God to work in and through you as the child of God and as one who has been called to be an ambassador for Christ and a minister of reconciliation in such times as these. Does that make sense? Uh, we need to grow in faith. And growing in faith and knowing and the, the certainty of knowing his word is, is what it means. The righteous man lives by faith. He's justified by faith. But he's also sanctified by faith. By God's grace through faith. Another passage that we would look at, and of course there's a context to this, but uh, it says, watch you, watch you and pray. Um, 
Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. So, uh, and we're to stand before the Son of Man without shame uh, because miraculously and, and by the power and grace of God, He has not only kept us, uh, but he has uh, glorified himself through us. And so we stand before the Lord uh, and the stand before the Son of Man at the Bema Seat of Christ uh, without shame, having represented him and having uh, uh, spoken the gospel both by word and deed and how we live. And then thirdly, there's a third point that we're to put on uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a, an important passage for us. Uh, it says, uh, Do this knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. And I, I believe that, that that day and the day that it's spoken of and the night that we're looking at is is uh, that the, the day of the Lord because in his glory and his power is the, the second coming of Christ. Um, and the day is drawing near when the Lord Jesus is going to return and reign. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light and let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing or drunkenness and not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the faith in regard to its lust. So what does God call us to? He calls us to, to purity uh, and to holiness and walking in an upright way and manner uh, before the Lord. And he's, he's made this provision. We put on Christ by faith. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. By faith, it's the Lord Jesus Christ uh, living within his people and working within his people. And, and what it produces is that, you know, the scripture, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God because we're living in accordance to his word and there's this little light and that little light shines brightly in the greater the darkness is. And so 2021, if the darkness gets great, the light will get, get greater. But there is, and this is the promise, and this is the wonder of, of God's word, that we're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ now, but there's a day that is coming. And the light of Jesus Christ, which is going to flood all of the earth, the scripture says, that the glory of God will will uh, will be uh, over all the earth as as the waters which which flood the earth, uh, so His glory will be, and we uh, can know and trust that as we put on the Lord Jesus Christ in the present darkness, that there's a day of of, of bright shining light when our Lord Jesus Christ will come, and uh, and it will be light over all the earth, glory, the glory of God over all the earth. And, uh, and so it, it moves us and it should move us 
to realize the urgency of the times because Paul was calling for it in this day back then. Uh, and certainly we're close, we're very close uh, to the, the time of, of, uh, of the tribulation and the return of Jesus Christ uh, where God's kingdom will come and his will will be done and Christ will bring under subjection uh, all things on, on planet earth. It's his plan and it's unfolding. So when we know these things, then it gives us an urgency because there's an extended period of time of mercy that he's given, almost 2,000 years, uh, that we may preach the gospel even up until this day as, as through the church the, the authority that Christ gave to his apostles has been passed down for us to carry and, and speak um, of the um, of the, the salvation that Christ has wrought. And that's God's mercy, right? Uh, he loves our sinful and sick and fallen world. Uh, and we should love our sinful and sick and fallen world. Uh, so um, the Lord Jesus Christ, we're to put him on and shine as a light until that bright and shining day at his return. And then uh, there's a fourth point here that we're, that Scripture tells us to redeem the time, and that's that's what I was getting to there. Uh, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise fools, fools uh, as men, but as wise, making the most of your time. And that uh, making the most of your time in the King James version is redeeming the time. So it's 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 like we have time, and and we can pay into that time. We can we can redeem that time. Uh, that time can be used for the glory of God, or it can be spent on uh, the waste of our flesh. Um, but there's an urgency, and and we feel it with the Apostle Paul, both in how he ministered uh, in the first century, and in how he exhorts others to follow after him. And to, and to spend your time well on God's will, on God's purposes, on God's plan. And, and we need to, to feel some of that urgency. Not that we feel the urgency in such a way that we begin to act and work in the flesh. But, and, and, and that's bad. When we, uh, because a lot of times we go, I've got to get to work. You know? So we try to work in the energy of the flesh. But there's, there's a... a, a a persistent, constant, uh, and, and, and sure and true expression of the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ and His people when we're trusting in Him and depending upon Him and by faith uh, laying hold of that grace that He's granted to us, these great and precious promises that He's given to us that we might be made partakers of the divine nature and so as God's people, because we lay hold of God's word, we're laying into the opportunity, redeeming the time, because this is an opportunity to honor him. This is an opportunity to, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an opportunity to express that in our death and in our sacrifice of, of our life as we spend, as we would have spent it, uh, those eternal things we make manifest the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's witnessing. That's testimony. 
that is an expression of God's uh, great uh, power and grace. So we're to re redeem the time because the days are evil. Okay, what, what does that mean? Well, it means that, that they're lost out there and that they're going to do lost things and that uh, in that, that lostness, we can, can uh, uh, the light can be dimmed. It can be, uh, and we can lose sight of the eternal. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And our, the essence of who we are and who God created us to be, our identity, is, is found there. Understanding God's will. Jesus said, I do always the things which please him. Uh, my meat is to do the will of my Father who sent me. Uh, and we want his attitude. My meat is to do the will of my Father. Uh, my, my, uh, my time is to be invested in that which is eternal and not that which is temporal and passing. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Man, that's life in the body he's describing there, isn't it? So if we're redeeming the time, uh, part of that is is uh, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart uh, to the Lord, giving thanks to, to God for the things in the name of our Lord Jesus, and uh, in fear, uh, being subject to one another. Uh, that's stimulating. It's, it's the, the, the life of the body, the life of the Spirit of Christ, as uh, each one of us, uh, in the, the spiritual gifts that God has given to us, where they're expressed to one another. The love of Christ is expressed to one another in the church body. The things that, that, that Christ prayed for, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. May they be one as you, Father, and I are one, that they may be one in us. So there's a unity within our church body about what we're doing, about redeeming the time, about the urgency of the opportunity that God has given to us. We're to walk worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ and glorify Him, give glory to God. And we do that uh, corporately as, as a, a church body in the expression of His greatness and the expression and the testimony of the fact that He reigns and the fact that that he is always good and the fact that he knows what he's doing and the time in which he's doing it and he's never lost as far as the idea of what needs to take place or needs to happen. And so what wonderful things we have here. Another passage of scripture, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Now notice that it's directed toward those who are outside. Uh, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Okay, so uh, there's a, 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 some really important things for us to hear, and that is that our, our, our speech is to be seasoned uh, with, with, is always with grace and seasoned with salt. 
Uh, the Proverbs says that a, uh, a word fitly spoken, that, that it's like, like apples of gold in a picture of silver. It gives us this picture of a beautiful thing that happens. A beautiful expression uh, is, uh, so is a word that is fitly spoken. Uh, it's, it's beautiful if, it's, if, if by the Spirit of God we speak the right thing at the right moment because it, it produces something eternal. Uh, but it, because it's a testimony uh, to God, it is a, a, a link uh, between someone that is lost and someone that's in need of a Savior and it's fitly spoken by the Spirit of God through the people of God at the right moment. The right time. Speech seasoned with salt. And sometimes that can be direct and difficult uh, for that person to hear. Uh, sometimes it uh, is, is just uh, the, the answer and it's a merciful thing. It just, it just exudes the, the, the comfort and the grace of God. And and sometimes it's convicting. Sometimes the Word of God reproves us, doesn't it? Sometimes it teaches us and instructs us. Uh, sometimes uh, these, these different uh, act, activity of the truth of God's spoken Word to others takes place. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. So uh, these important truths. Now, uh, an, another point is defend the truth with humility. Uh, and this is something that's convicting to me because uh, sometimes uh, in the events and things that are taking place and the gravity of them um, that, uh, that we come across uh, and not in a good spirit, not a word fitly spoken, uh, but we end up bashing others uh, and we lose track of humility and, and what God's instruction is for us to speak the truth with. Uh, and so the scripture says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give account of the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. So uh, I don't know if you've thought about that, but some of the things that, um, that I have said, uh, you know, I have to confess has not been with gentleness and reverence, and uh, and it's uh, it's God's word to us. Uh, so, and the expression of the compassion of Christ for others uh, needs to go along with sometimes the warnings that we give to uh, to certain things uh, that that need to be uh, there needs to be very serious warning given to those words. Uh, but it should always be with gentleness and reverence. In uh, another passage, you younger men, likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Uh, so we as God's people need to clothe ourselves in the humility uh, that Christ clothed himself in. And uh, another passage here is... For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So keep your tongue from speaking evil and keep it. Uh, it's easy uh, when a lot of uh, facts and a lot of things are flying around for us to, uh, to uh, uh, inadvertently 
uh, take some fake news, uh, but you know we must keep and must learn to keep our tongue from uh, from speaking things that are are not true, that are deceitful. Um, and even one is masterful at uh, at pulling believers into uh, into this uh, this failure. Uh, and there's a final point, six point here. Entrust yourself to Him who judges justly. And I always love this passage and think of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but we need to be aware that the wrath of, of man does not work the righteousness of God. Uh, so, uh, and God has equipped us with this understanding of, of righteousness and justice. Uh, we're designed that way, um, but uh, we're to. Uh, submit that to God, who is is right to uh, to to judge justly. And the passage from Second or First Peter there is for you have been called for this purpose, uh, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving for you an example for you to follow in His steps. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in His mouth. And while being reviled, He did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges justly, um, and uh, or judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. So the very essence and nature of the gospel. And I often think about the Lord Jesus Christ. If anybody had uh, the power and uh, the personal power and the righteousness to, to, to speak justice or judgment, he did. But he never exercised that. He didn't revile in return to those that, that were, spoke evil to him and, and uh, offended him. Uh, but he, what he did do and what we should learn to do is entrust ourselves to him who judges justly. We know that God reigns on his throne, that he's God over all flesh, that he will do what he's doing in the time that he will do it, and we can trust in the Lord our God for such things. So uh, these are things that I hope uh, will... Uh, equip you for whatever happens in 2021 um, because um, we don't know. I've, I've called you uh, and would remind you again that I believe it's Wednesday is the 6th and some really big things are happening in our country and, uh, and it's hard uh, not to be thinking about these things. It is appropriate. It's right for us as God's people to make intercession for our country. It's right for us to... Uh, uh, to make every effort to prevail in prayer in regard to, to evil and wicked things that are taking place and for, uh, for fraudulent activity and all of these things. And so I want to call you to very serious prayer these next few days uh, for our country. Uh, but we, we also know that God is going to do in accordance with his plan and his plan is, is so often things that we, we don't know. But what we do know are the things that he gives us instruction for and, and what he's revealed to us in Scripture. And we want to be faithful to those things, right? Uh, so I call you to that. 
be praying for our country as, as some very uh, big and momentous things are happening. And uh, they are tied in with globalism. Uh, they're tied in with, with things that, uh, that, uh, that will diminish uh, the freedoms of the church. And uh, so we want to uh, address those in our prayer and in intercession before the Lord. So let's bow our heads and uh, close our service this morning. We give thanks to you, O Lord, uh, for, uh, uh, and we give thanks to you among the nations. We sing praises uh, to your name, and we give thanks to you as the God of gods, uh, to you, the Lord of lords, to you, the God who reigns in heaven, for you are good and your loving kindness is everlasting. You are the eternal God, uh, and you're our refuge, and, and underneath us are the arms of your loving kindness. And we give thanks to you for your past provisions, uh, for your faithfulness to us, and we give thanks for the gracious plans that you have for us in 2021. May we trust you, Lord, with all of our heart, and may we lean not into our own understanding, but may we walk by faith in your gracious provision through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, let our hearts trust in you, and may we wait on you for your goodness. For your eyes are all seeing, and you know all things, and you are perfect in your love for us. You will never forsake your children, and you will guide us in your perfect wisdom. Let us not be shaken by the past troubles of 2020 or the future fears of 2021, but may we know the security and poise and courage of those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High and those who abide in the shadow of the Almighty. May we be still and know that you are God, that your plans cannot be thwarted, that you are doing everything according to your will and in your perfect timing. Give to us composure as your people and help us to understand the times that we may know what we ought to do to glorify the name of Jesus. Guard us from any fear because we trust in you. And may we be clothed in the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ and redeem the time that you have given to us. Help us to be ready to give an answer and to clothe us in humility. Keep our tongues from evil and our lips from speaking deceit. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you, and may we be like Jesus and not revile those who do evil to us. Finally, Lord, we would make intercession for our country, for your namesake, forgive our sins, and forgive the sins of our fathers. We ask you to take action as our Savior for this nation on January 6th. Deliver us from the wicked. Make known their deceit and may their fraud be exposed and brought to justice. Grant to us and to our nation godly sorrow that we will work, uh, that you would work repentance to salvation and deliverance, that we should not repent of it as a nation and as a people and as individuals. To our Lord Jesus Christ be all the glory, for from him and through him and to him are all things. Maranatha, may. Christ's dominion be accomplished and your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.